Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. <laughs> Kia ora. welcome to the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast and thanks for tuning in this week. I'm your host Jordan, I'm a mum of one, soon to be two boys and a lover of all things birth and a very passionate storyteller. The goal of Kiwi Birth Tales is to empower, inform, educate and connect families from New Zealand and all over the world, talking about the things that are so often kept to ourselves or shared with only our nearest and dearest because of this taboo that seems to surround sharing stories about birth. All stories deserve to be heard, no story more important than the other, and with this podcast you'll get a variety without bias. The podcast is not intended for medical advice. I'm not an advocate for any particular mode of birth or birth care, and this platform is simply here to share these beautiful, empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. So I hope you enjoy. This week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales is proudly brought to you by BioBlends. BioBlends is a New Zealand-based, plant-based nutritional supplement, and the brand is founded and formulated by Dr. Libby Weaver. I have been using um, three of the BioBlend supplements over the last six and a half weeks. I've been using the Daily Organic Greens and Radiant Reds, the Organic Zinc and the Calm Restore, and I'm really loving all of their products. I've noticed a huge difference um, in my nails, actually. I had white spots on my nails, and I think the zinc has made a big difference with that, but the Calm Restore as well, I think, is making a huge difference just in my mood, and um, I haven't suffered with any sort of major hormonal um, dips or feelings in this postpartum period. So that's been really interesting. Their products, which are formulated by Dr. Libby Weaver, are only the purest available ingredients and use organic um, everything where possible. And there is nothing synthetic or lab produced in the range. I'm really excited to be partnering with BioBlends to bring you this week's episode and there's an awesome giveaway going live on the Kiwi Birth Tales Instagram tonight. If you are interested in that, make sure you head over and check it out. Thanks again BioBlends for sponsoring this week's episode. In today's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales, I speak with Becky and Becky takes us through her pregnancy and birth story with her beautiful daughter Vienna. Uh, Becky is a single mum and she had an unexpected pregnancy, um, separating with her partner during her pregnancy and also had prenatal depression diagnosed. So she talks us through all of that while being pregnant and then into a COVID lockdown which made her sort of consider her decisions about where to birth and eventually into a really beautiful home birth story. Um, Becky also talks about her postnatal period so far. Little Vienna is about eight weeks old, so she talks us through what the last eight weeks have been like and yeah, her postpartum recovery and how her mental health has been since um, birthing Vienna. So I really loved recording this episode and I hope that you enjoy it. So let's jump into it. Hey Becky, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. No worries. Would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family? 
Yes. Okay. Um, so I'm Becky. I am 26 years old, um, from New Zealand, currently living in Dunedin. I've just actually moved back from Australia. Uh, I was there for about five years, so it's really nice to be back home. Yeah. Um, yeah, and got back here before COVID happened, so <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in my family, so I've got little Vienna, who is eight weeks old tomorrow. Yeah. And um, I'm currently living with my mum. Uh, I've got a brother who's overseas. All my siblings are in Dunedin, though, which is really, really oh, nice. cool. Yeah. everyone around. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. And what was the journey like to pregnancy for you? Uh, so... Pregnancy was not planned. Yeah. Um, I was sort of halfway through a diploma in Auckland, so wasn't planning on having any babies <laughs> in the next few years of life, but such is life. It just happens sometimes. Mm. Um, yeah, and I was actually in quite a new relationship with uh, Vienna's dad, so we were only together for about seven months before we found out I was pregnant with her. Yeah, yeah. And how did you feel when you found out you were pregnant? I I don't know. I think um, I just think regardless of when you get a positive on a pregnancy test, it's a shock. <laughs> so how are you? How are yeah. you feeling? Yeah, I was definitely shocked. Um, yeah. You you kind of uh, I don't know if it's the same with everyone, but I really had an inkling. I was like, mm, sometimes my periods are late, but mm. my boobs feel different. Something yeah. feels a bit <laughs> off. Um, and we were actually at his parents place in Napier for Christmas oh okay so I went and got a test um and took it on Christmas Eve (laughs) (laughs) walked into the bathroom and he was in the shower I was like um just like held it up to the the shower door he goes I'm gonna need a minute (laughs) oh my gosh yeah yeah (laughs) but yeah but also like really like I knew that I wanted to be a mum so yeah I was really excited yeah, awesome. Cool. And what was your first trimester like? How were you feeling? I know you mentioned that you had sort of sore boobs initially. So did that continue? And what other symptoms popped up in your first trimester? My boobs grew so fast. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've always been a B cup my whole life. Yeah. And then, honestly, I felt like within four weeks, I was like, holy crap. It looked yeah. like a boob job. I was like yeah. loving, loving life. <laughs> um, but could not sleep on my stomach, was in so much pain. Um and morning sickness was just awful. Mm. Yeah, not fun. Except it was like evening sickness. Yeah. Yeah. And did that last your whole first trimester or how long did that stick around for? Yeah, whole first trimester. I was um, taking those, what, they're like ginger lozenges, I think, uh, that yeah. get me to suck on. But yeah. I just felt like nothing was really um, working at that yeah. point, to be honest. Yeah. The most frustrating part is when you're, you've just made yourself like a really nice breakfast or something, and then within minutes it just all, all mm. comes back. It's so unfair, right? It's so unfair. Avocados yeah. are expensive. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And did you choose to go with a midwife for your care? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Went with a midwife um, in Auckland, but I've since I um, had two midwives, obviously, because I moved down to Dunedin halfway through my pregnancy. Yeah, yeah. So that was a bit strange, transferring, like, you yeah. know, all of your, your notes and everything to a new midwife. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, cool. And what about the rest of your pregnancy? Did you choose to do, like, the standard testing that's offered in New Zealand? And did you find out the sex of your baby? 
Yes, I did the standard testing that's offered. Um, I didn't do the, what is it, the NIP, N-I-P-T yep. test or whatever. I chose not to do that one just purely because it was a bit expensive. Yeah. Um, and for quite a while there, I was happy to not find out baby's gender. Yeah. Because um, it obviously, like, I don't think it bothers anyone, but it really didn't really didn't bother me. I didn't care if I had a boy or a girl. Yeah. Um, and I thought it would be really cool, like, waiting and, you know, having a surprise at birth. Um, but the reason why I chose to find out is because I was diagnosed pretty early on with prenatal depression, mm-hmm. um, which isn't fun. Yeah. And I felt like I was excited to, to have a baby, but I just felt like I wasn't really connected to her as of yet. So yeah. I thought that, you know, if I found out her gender, maybe it would help me just, just like, you know, when you're talking to your tummy. Yeah. Like, you, you don't know if it's, it's a boy or a girl. So just being able to say, like, oh, she, yeah, I thought that would be quite cool. So I did, yeah, I did choose to find out. And I found out, at, I think, about 19 weeks. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. And just with the um, prenatal depression, I guess, how did you um, identify that you might have um, some signs of prenatal depression or was it through talking with someone else that suggested you might? How did that sort of come up? It was a really um, up and down year. So yeah. like I found out, found out I was pregnant at Christmas time and then went back to uni um, early or at the end of January, I think. Yeah. Um, the baby's dad and I decided to move in together. So like we found a flat and then that didn't turn out very well. And basically in the first trimester, I had moved um, house six times. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, um, so it was pretty, pretty stressful time when mm. you just you, know, you want to be like enjoying your pregnancy. Yeah, um, it was really really hard, and our relationship just completely like fell apart. Yeah, so we ended up separating when I think I was about eleven or twelve weeks. Yeah, pregnant, um, which at the time was definitely for the best, and then yeah, I. I just was so tired all the time, which I know is a pregnancy symptom, yeah. Yeah. but like to the point where I wasn't going to uni, I just couldn't get out of bed. Mm. Um, it was a struggle to like have a shower and um, to like just cook dinner, you know, at least when, yeah. you, when you've got someone with you, they're able to help you with washing and like just do some yeah. But when you're doing it on your own, it was, I just found it really, really hard. So yeah, I think talking to friends, um, it was pretty obvious that I wasn't myself. Mm. So I did go to the doctor and, and um, she diagnosed me. Yeah. They ask you, like, what, like eight questions or something, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I got referred to a, a therapist, which was really, really cool. Yeah. Um, but not long after that, I, yeah, moved to Dunedin. Yeah. And did you get put on any... Um medication for the prenatal depression or just therapy sessions were just therapy sessions yeah um I don't actually know if they asked me if I wanted to be on anything or not I can't quite remember but Mm -hmm. I think I'd heard so many things about medication that I wasn't I was pretty keen to try to not you know if I didn't need to go on it to try to avoid it yeah sure pregnant um yeah so Yeah. yeah just therapy but then the the mental health system in New Zealand obviously isn't amazing Mm. and then in Dunedin when I got referred down here to a doctor 
I got put on a waiting list for over two months oh, just wow. to get one counselling session. Yeah, okay. And how did you find that? Like, obviously, it must be difficult going from having relatively regular sessions to then waiting over two months for just one. Oh, my God, it was insane. Like, I couldn't yeah. believe it. Yeah. Like, it's so, it's so bad because it's really awful to talk about, but the leading cause of death in new mums is to you know them taking their own lives yeah yeah so to hear that I was going to be put on this waiting list Mm. and I think when you have prenatal depression it's pretty common for women to feel quite scared that they're they're going to be susceptible to getting postnatal depression yeah yeah so yeah it was just all a bit it just felt unfair I think yeah yeah hey yeah no I can understand that for sure yeah and I guess once you got to um, Dunedin and sort of with your new midwife, um, did you plan on birthing anywhere in particular? Like, did you have many thoughts on what you actually wanted your birth to be like? Yeah. So, um, well, when I was still in Auckland, I wanted to um, birth at Birth Care. Mm-hmm. So right at the start of my pregnancy, I went um, and did like a little tour and the lady was really lovely. And yeah, I just, I wanted I didn't want to be in a hospital, basically. I wanted it to feel as, like, calm and um, – I hate using the word – I don't like the word natural, but I can't think of another word right now to use. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Calm and, and comfortable and not, yeah. like, a medical event, I guess. Um, I wanted to be in, like, a pool. Um, yeah, so when I came to Dunedin, there's nothing like that down here. There's, you've just got the hospital or your home, basically. So, yeah, the plan was to birth at Dunedin Hospital and I wanted to have like a water birth um, and none of that happened, (laughs) (laughs) which is always the way. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And did you do any like antenatal classes or any type of like birth education? Yep. So I, this was, this was before I knew about, um, about you and your, is it your birth project? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I did hypnobirthing classes in person down here. Cool. With um, a woman that I found online while I was in Auckland, and her name is Jessica, and she was great. She was really cool. Yeah. It was a very small group. There were just um, four of us girls in there. But, yeah, I just wanted to, I guess, learn about birth and, and labor and what it was going to be like, and I didn't. I really didn't want to hear people's like, you know, scary stories. So, Mm -hmm. or or things that were going to frighten me, I think, especially because I was in such an anxious mind frame already. Mm. Um, I felt like I needed to do something that was going to keep me calm and actually help me feel excited for the birth. So yeah, I chose to do those. Um, I went to one antenatal class and I really didn't like it. So I didn't go back. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you just didn't like what they were like talking about or just the vibe of the class what was it that you didn't like I think it was a bit of both yeah I think because I I had done hypnobirthing classes first yeah, yeah probably yeah yeah so then when I went I was like mm, I don't agree with this information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and then everyone was there with their partners and I was like the only single one and it, so just I think I just you know felt a little bit uncomfortable as well like yeah. a bit out of a bit out of place, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Fair yeah. Enough. yeah. Yeah. And were you doing anything like in preparation for birth? Um, 
were you doing like antenatal expressing or perennial massage or any of the things that they say can try and make your labor easy or bring your baby on? Yes. So, yeah, I was doing um, perennial massage sometimes because I actually felt quite uncomfortable. I didn't really – yeah, so I didn't do it too often. Yeah. Um, But I was hoping that um, I would would do it and not tear. (laughs) (laughs) That was the plan, I guess. Yeah. Um, And then expressing colostrum as well, just – pretty much just purely because I got told to I was like okay cool yeah. everyone else is doing it so I guess I'll do it then. <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah, yeah that was probably the only sort of preparation I was doing yeah and did you have um like stuff set up at home for your home birth or what was the sort of plan there yeah so we went into lockdown um it's just all such a blur now I don't yeah. know if we went into level four or level three or when it happened but I, I know that I was pretty late in pregnancy and we were in a lockdown and baby's dad was meant to be flying down from Napier for her birth. Um, One of my friends was meant to be coming down from Auckland for her birth. And then all of a sudden it's just like the world stood still. Mm. Yeah. And it was just that, okay, of course, of course this happens right now. (laughs) Of course. So I remember speaking to my midwife and she said, it's, it's going to be, you know, quite possible that we're still in level three when you go into labor. So you need to decide whether you want to be in a hospital environment, knowing that your birthing partner can stay there for the birth, but then basically has to leave and you'll be on your own. Um, or we can, yeah, set you up for a home birth. So, which was just so, so shitty to hear, like mm. to have to choose when you're about to go through this like transformational yeah. event yeah, that you've, you've got to choose A or B and neither of the options sound amazing mm. at the time. So we, yeah, we put in, we put some plans into pla- into place to have her at home um, if we were still on level three, but it wasn't confirmed. It was sort of just all up in the air. Um, I think I was just so hopeful of us dropping down to level two at least. Mm. And we did. We dropped down to level two the day before she was due. (laughs) I felt like as soon as it happened, this weight just, you know, lifted off my shoulders, knowing that um, everyone that I at least wanted to be there was going to be there. Yeah. So that was really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And do you want to take us through – your labour starting, was it spontaneous and how far along were you and then into your birth story? Yeah, so I went into hospital for a checkup. I think at, I would have been maybe 40 weeks and five days. She was going to check me to see if I was dilated or anything at all um, and she started to do the check and she actually had to stop because I, it was just so painful for me. Mm-hmm. Um I had a really bad experience years ago with a copper IED getting stuck and like when they were trying to remove it and ever since then any kind of like cervical checks or whatever have just been really awful so yeah yeah so that was a bit unfortunate um and then the midwife wanted to book me in for an induction at 41 I think it was 41 weeks two days um knowing that I just really didn't want to be induced. I didn't like the sound of it. I heard, heard other, I had heard other stories. And just for me personally, 
I just was not keen on being induced Mm. unless it was absolutely necessary. So anyway, they penciled me in for the Thursday. um, And I was like, okay, I've got to get this baby out. I'm not being induced. (laughs) Do everything I can. So I went home and um, that Tuesday, I think it was, I was like crab walking up the stairs. (laughs) We've got this really, really – huge set of stairs called Jacob's Ladder out in St. Clair and Dunedin. And I was just up and down there for ages, like walking up side to side, <laughs> doing, doing the, um, what's it called? The something, the mile circuit. Oh uh, yeah. I was doing that. I'd put primrose oil tablets up my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> All <laughs> the things. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was doing that and then I went into labor spontaneously on the Tuesday night. So I'd gone to bed at about 11, I think, and slept until 12.30. So just after midnight, I woke up with just like, you know, I think it was the start of con- of contractions and I was like, oh, this feels a bit different. This is quite, this isn't like a Braxton hick. This is a bit stronger. Um so yeah, but then I went back to sleep because knowing that, you know, this could go on for like 24 hours, 48 hours, who knows? Um, and it just kept waking me up. So I got up, went to the toilet and then noticed that I had like a little blood, bit of blood in my discharge. And I thought, okay, this might be like the bloody show that everyone's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I just wait. I just wanted to wait. Um, my, so my friend Tessa, who came to all my hypnobirthing classes with me, she was my birth partner. Um, so I basically called her and just let her know what was happening. And she was like, okay, cool. Just let's just wait it out and um, I'll pop over, you know, if, if things start getting really intense. Mm. Um, and I had Fina's dad in the next room over with my friend Ella and my mum here. So my plan was just to let them sleep until I needed them, basically. Yeah. Um, and then I went to the toilet again and felt like I'd peed myself. So Mm -hmm. I assumed that was my waters (laughs) coming out Yeah, and it wasn't like a big gush. Like I expected. It was just, you know, a slow, did you experience your waters breaking? I did, but mine were broken. They didn't um, break on their own. Yeah. 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 So, you know, here I am thinking that it's going to be like a whole movie event. (laughs) Like you see women in the supermarkets, but no. So yeah, that happened. And um, I chucked my tens machine on, got out the contraction timer and just started timing and um, basically called Tessa and she came over and I didn't have to wake anyone up because they just woke up to hearing me like moaning really. Mm. (laughs) Um, So yeah, had everything ready to go. The hospital bags packed thinking that that's where we were headed. And so we got to hospital, I think, about three in the morning. Yeah. Um, I remember Tessa called my midwife and said, Becky's, like, I think she's in established labor. And the mid- I just remember hearing the midwife go, what? No way. It's her first baby. Like, <laughs> she's only been having contractions for a couple of hours. She will hardly be dilated. What's her pain tolerance like? <laughs> Like, who asks that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what my pain tolerance is like. And also, um, this is painful. <laughs> like, this is painful, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and she wasn't my actual midwife. She was the backup midwife. Uh-huh. And I've only, I had only met her once. So I just remember in that moment feeling really pissed off, mm. like not excited. Yeah. But anyway, we get into hospital and, um, that's when I find out that the Dunedin hospital rules, even in level two, are still, you can only have one person with you in the room. Okay. And I just, I just started crying. Like I was just so overwhelmed by everything and COVID had really messed everything up. Yeah. Yeah. It was really upsetting to hear that my mum and Vienna's dad and one of my best friends would have to go home um, so that my friend Tessa, who was my birthing partner, could stay with me. It's such a shame that your midwife or someone didn't, like, tell you that beforehand. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And I thought I thought that I'd read somewhere that you could have a few people there in level hmm. two. I thought it was just level three. So that was really disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I got up on the bed and... I remember the midwife saying to me, okay, Becky, if you're less than five centimetres dilated, then we're going to have to send you home because um, you you can't be here at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, okay. So she she checked me and I asked for the gas while she was checking me because um, I like still found that really painful. Yeah. And then she takes it out and, she, and I'm in a lot of pain, like screaming, and she's looking at me and she's like, Becky, I need you to calm down and I need you to listen to me. And I was like why are you just going to tell me I'm only like three centimeters <laughs> dilated or something? And she goes, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. I was like, no. So yeah. So the, the guys had to come back and pick me up and holy crap, labor in the car is not fun. Oh, the worst. Yeah. My gosh. I was like over the back seat and the middle seat and just staring into Tessa's eyes. Like, please help me. <laughs> <laughs> I was asking for the epidural. Um, Anyway, so we get home, I'm walking down the stairs and I'm like, like the stairs um, in my backyard and I'm basically out of the car on the street having a very vocal contraction Mm. at like three o'clock in the morning. And my mum, I hear my mum say to Ella, we should probably try to keep a bit quiet. And I just (laughs) looked at her and like gave her the death stare. I could not believe. Yeah. She was more concerned about waking the neighbours up. I didn't care. Yeah, yeah of course. I'm, I'm having a baby, Mum. Yeah. Um, so then we get inside and um, I just remember looking at Tessa and saying, Tess, I know I said I didn't want an epidural, but as soon as I'm five centimetres dilated, we're going back to the hospital and I'm getting an epidural. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And she said, okay, Becky, if that's what you want to do, that's what we'll do. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, they had to carry me up the stairs into the house because I just couldn't walk Hmm. and then they ran the bath I got in the bath I lit candles and had my music going and I had all these snacks prepared thinking that I was going to be really like peckish during labor yeah like oh yeah I'll have this and I'll have that and I didn't want anything um and then I just wanted to throw up which I didn't actually know that that happened Hmm. like you feel really sick so yeah yeah in pain and vomiting I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, but the TENS machine was quite helpful. I'm really happy that I had ordered that. Yeah. Um, and then I think it was about two hours. This is the part that of the labor I just don't remember because it was just, it was so intense, but I'd really gone inwards and I was sort of riding the wave that we got taught to do um, in the hypnobirthing classes. Mm. Like just, yeah, imagining that I was actually riding, like physically riding wave. So I'd yeah. get to the top and then, okay, cool. I know that it's not going to get any worse than this and then yeah. breathe my way down. Um, and then I remember feeling like I needed to do a poo. So went to the toilet and said to Tessa, I, th- I feel like pushing. Mm-hmm. and it had only been two hours so she was like what so she called the midwife and once again the midwife was like no <laughs> it's probably not even dilated like it's probably only an extra one or two centimeters yeah don't come to the hospital let me come to you I'm only 10 minutes away anyway so she comes around two hours later and checks me and she goes um okay so you're nine centimeters dilated oh wow yeah so and I think I was so, I remember her being on the phone and I was so concerned that she was going to get here to tell me that I was only, you know, four or five centimeters. Mm. Yeah. And I just felt like if that happened, that I was just not able to progress anymore. Like, I just, just, you know, like you don't know how you can physically go through that pain for much longer, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah, so I was really relieved to hear that I was nine centimetres. Um, but I still asked to go to hospital. I was like, I want to go to hospital. <laughs> I want to get an epidural, please. Yeah. Um, but then the midwife said, you can, you can do what you want, but seeing you at hospital and seeing you at home here, you're coping so much better here, mm. you know, with your family around you and you've got your, your music and your nice lighting and everything. And yeah. so it's up to you, but. Um, yeah, I just think you're coping better here. And I said, okay, I don't know how, but I was like, okay, let's just stay home. Let's do it. Mm. Um, so she called the other midwife who was my actual midwife and she brought over the home birth kits. So there are, th- there are three mid- midwives that sort of rotate and work together with each other so that they can, um, have breaks and everything. Yeah. So I ended up with all three because they forgot the um, sterilized scissors. So I had all three midwives here in my bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, then it kind of all just started happening. Um, I was up on my bed. I, I remember lying on my back. And have you seen Handmaid's Tale? Yes, I have. <laughs> okay, so. I always have this running joke with my friends. Like we, we just, we called them back birthers and I, and I didn't want to give birth on my back. Yeah. And I remember lying on my back at one point and, and looking across at my friends thinking, I'm not giving birth on my back. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing it. So I had to turn myself over and it was quite funny in my head. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I think I really zoned in to the techniques that I'd been taught and yeah really happy I went to those classes because during that last like sort of hour I was falling asleep between contractions um by doing this three two one reset thing that we got taught mm-hmm. and you sort of just like reset your body like you put your body into thirds from your head to your toes and you go 
three, two, one, breathe, three, two, one, three, two, one, and put yourself into like this deep relaxation for, mm-hmm. you know, the 30 to 60 seconds in between that contraction. Um, yep. And it was really amazing. I, yeah, it was like obviously really painful and intense, mm. but I just kept telling myself that this is human, this is normal. Women have been doing this for thousands of years and I'm not the only one giving birth today. There are other people doing it. So I think just repeating those sort of mantras are really what got me through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was, I had six females in the room with me. Yeah. And just like, you know, you just have like having your tribe around you. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, it was so amazing. Like yeah. so empowering. Um, I had my, my youngest sibling's mum was next to me holding my hand and massaging my back with oil. I had my mum in the room, um, two of my best friends and then, yeah, the three midwives. And I just felt like this is, this is, this is awesome. This is going to be okay. I know I'm going to get through it. But I, but I also remember at the same time feeling like I just wanted to die. Yeah. (laughs) just so much pain like I couldn't yeah. I just didn't I yeah you, nothing prepares you for that <laughs> <laughs> at all um so then yeah I pretty much just said I feel I feel like pushing and I had the midwife um down the other end with a hot cloth over my perineum and just telling me to go slow um and then they were monitoring baby um, and they got to a point where the room just kind of went quiet and I felt like, like I knew something wasn't right and they mm. were struggling to find her heartbeat, um, which is always scary with, yeah. with birth, knowing you're not at the hospital. And um, then my midwife just said to me, okay, Becky, you need to like, because she, she, her head would come down and then, you know, she'd go back up. Yeah. And I was so frustrated. I was like, why does she keep going back up? <laughs> why is she disappearing? Yeah. Um, but it, that's normal because that's obviously everything's stretching yeah. to, to birth baby. But, yeah, she said to me, okay, Becky, this next push, like, you need to get her out. Like, we, we actually need her out now. And I'd only been pushing for 30 minutes. Um, and, yeah, I just, just remember, like, fully bearing down um, to get her out because obviously something there was something wrong, mm. um, which was terrifying at the time. And basically, her cord had the cord had been wrapped really tightly around her neck, and every time she came down and went back up, mm. it just got tighter. Yeah. So um, I've got it all on video, which I'm <laughs> so stoked about. But you can actually see um, when Vienna's head comes down, her head's like her her head came out, and the midwife just gets her hand she's holding her cord like away from her neck and then as soon as her shoulders come out just whoop, like whipped it off her yeah um but yeah she came out very very purple blue and wasn't breathing for quite a while mm-hmm. um but I was still facing the other way like I think I was in shock and so here I am thinking that you know I'm going to birth this baby I'm going to catch her and Mm-hmm. Turn, turn around and have her in my arms straight away and, and probably be so excited but that nothing happened like that I was just still facing the wall in shock I've just birthed my baby 
and I was still just in so much pain. I just needed to, like, I was just so tired. Mm. So, yeah, eventually I um, managed to turn over and they were just, the midwife was just rubbing her saying, come on, baby, come on, baby. And you're just like, holy shit. Mm. Everyone in the room was just looking at each other like, this this isn't happening. Because you just think the worst, I think, yeah, yeah. sometimes. So, um, but yeah, then she let out her little cry. Mm-hmm. And everyone was just like, oh, okay, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, nine and a half pounder with, like, a full head of hair. <laughs> Go you. <laughs> thank you. And so did they pass her to you after that, or what sort of happened from there? Yeah, so they, they um, yeah, as soon as she let out a cry, they passed her over to me and basically just um, tried to get her to latch yeah. onto my nipples straight away, which she did, which was really, really lucky, really cool. Um, and then they um, noticed that I was lo- losing quite a lot of blood. So they gave me the vitamin K shot um, yeah. in my leg to get my placenta out and it w- wouldn't come out. Um, so then she gave me another one in my other leg. <laughs> I remember mm-hmm. looking at her so pissed off, like, Ow, this really hurts. Yeah. And she goes to me, you just pushed out a baby, you'll be fine. <laughs> um, and then she was just tugging on the placenta. I was like, what are you doing? Mm. Can you stop? But she was like, honey, we need to get it out because we don't know where you're bleeding from. Mm. Um, but still to this day, I don't actually know how much blood I lost. Obviously not enough because I didn't end up in hospital or anything. So yeah. it was okay. Yeah. Amazing. And so did you sort of get to just like – relax with her from there or did you need any stitches or what sort of happened from there yeah I needed stitches um so I just had a I just had a first degree tear um so she stitched me up and yeah that was pretty much that was pretty much it like the midwives did their checks on her they weighed her um couldn't believe that she was nine and a half pounds. Like we don't <laughs> have big babies in my family or yeah. in her dad's family. So it's just mind blowing. Yeah. And then they pretty much went on their merry way after that. And I was like, what do I do? What do I do with her? Because hmm. <laughs> I think that's probably one cool thing about being in hospital is you've got nurses around you and um, to help you with like breastfeeding and yeah, yeah. like that. Whereas, yeah, at a home birth, you're sort of left to your own devices. Like, they come and visit, but um, it did feel a little bit like, where's my manual? What do I do? Yeah, yeah, I think it feels like that Um, Yeah, for most people. But I can definitely understand what you mean about having the sort of people around in hospital or at a birth care. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then it was basically like I was just watching my mum run around the house, try to clean up. I think we used every <laughs> single towel in the house possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. And so how did you find, I guess, like the next few nights, it's just such an adjustment having a baby um, to look after and you've just given birth and like your milk's coming in. Oh my gosh, there's just so many things that are happening in those first yeah. few days. So how did you find, yeah, really that first week? Yeah. Um, I found breastfeeding really painful. Yeah. And yeah, that was probably the, the toughest thing. Um, yeah. cause I wanted to breastfeed her and I, I still am breastfeeding, mm-hmm. but yeah, just those first latches, like it honestly felt like razor blades mm-hmm. on my nipples yeah. and 
sucked. Um, and then your your boobs are so full and sore. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So that wasn't very nice. Um, but she had a tongue tie. So that wasn't helping. So I think when she was a week old, we went into the hospital and um, got her, her little tongue tie snipped. But mm. <laughs> it was a lot better after that. Yeah. Um, day three, they talk about baby blues and I think I was just I was so anxious for day three because I was mm. like oh no you know I really I really want to bond with her and I don't want to get postnatal depression yeah. um obviously just going through prenatal depression and the experience I had on day three was so so amazing and I felt like it just made my crappy pregnancy and everything just like all worth it mm. like I was so emotional that day, but it was just this overwhelming feeling of like intense love and adoration for this baby. Yeah. Um, it was really, really cool. I'm really happy. Like we would sit out in my sunroom and do skin to skin and I'd play music and sing to her. And I was just so, so happy that I felt like so happy, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. In love with her after being so worried for a long time um so yeah but I don't really remember much <laughs> you kind of tend to forget hey yeah, you do you do for sure it just goes so quickly as well right goes so quickly I don't remember when I slept or like but I, I think I was living off of adre- off adrenaline yeah um because I remember being like I'm not even tired like what <laughs> What are, what are people complaining about what, <laughs> what do you mean you get tired I'm not tired <laughs> yeah yeah and then obviously it hits you and you understand what people were complaining about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And were you still living with your mum then? Like did you have other people with you and sort of around you for support? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah I'm living with mum, which was a really strange dynamic because basically I hadn't lived with my mum since I was 13 <laughs> and I'm 26 now. So yeah. that's a long time. Yeah, it's um, a long time to yeah not not live with especially a parent because yeah it was really interesting um but she was super supportive and then I also had baby's dad there who luckily got down for the birth um which was really cool and they bonded like straight away he was so in love with her um and then I also had my best friend Ella who had come down from Auckland um and her parents are living in Wanaka so she got to drive down and was there for the birth and she stayed for the first month of Fiona's life living with me which is really really cool yeah um so yeah I had I had a lot of support around and I think that's what got me through that first you know initial few weeks um because I had people that could hold Vienna so I could go and have a shower and yeah yeah I could go and eat and make sure that I was really looking after me because it's so it's so important that golden month like that fourth trimester mm. it's not talked about enough yeah for especially sure. like western society the way that you know that how much pressure women feel yeah 100 percent um it's no wonder why we have a kind of a mental health crisis for mm. new month yeah. I'm not surprised and I don't know what the first few weeks would have looked like if I didn't have all of that support around me but I imagine not as not as enjoyable. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. 
And what about your like mental health? I guess like you just sort of talked about, you know, the support that you had and, and the way that you felt, but did you feel like those feelings you had of prenatal depression were just sort of gone once you'd had your baby? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Really yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah. They, they kind of just, they kind of just left as if yeah. like, I felt like, like I, like I went through, like I gave birth, but I felt like I gave birth to like a new version of myself. Yeah. Yeah, I think you do, right? Like, yeah. you are a different person when you're a mum. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, really cool that um that I don't feel like that. Yeah, anymore. for sure. Very lucky. Very lucky. Yeah. Awesome. And what about your like sort of physical healing from birth? How have you found, um, yeah, your recovery from pushing out a baby? <laughs> yeah. Well, the first, honestly, the first two weeks, the way I can like how I describe it is, it felt like I had bricks attached. <laughs> To my vagina, yeah. like someone had tied bricks to me, and I was walking around. It just felt so heavy, like it was going to fall out of my body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I really made sure to prepare, like as much as you can, obviously, um, for, I guess, pain afterwards, and fr- from what I'd heard from other people. So I got things like one of those, like what are those peri wash bottles that you like you know, square it when you're going to the toilet yeah. so you, you don't have to use toilet paper as much. Um, and some, like, healing sprays and, like, witch hazel and all that kind of stuff. And I think it was also just, like, a nice self-care thing to be yeah. doing for myself. And I had ice packs and things. So, yeah, it, and obviously um, pain relief. I remember, yeah. just, like, about 10 minutes after I'd given birth, there's a video of me just looking around the room wondering why everyone's talking to each other and being like, can I get some pain relief? Like, <laughs> I'm the one who just gave birth here, you guys. Can someone help me? Yeah. Um, but healing-wise, yeah, I had my six-week checkup um, not that long ago and the stitches are all good. Yeah. Um, except I've got, I think it's called a fissure. Oh, uh, yes, yeah. In, like, your erectum area and yeah. that's really painful. Mm. So what can you do about that? Just nothing. Um, so no, I got some cream from my doctor actually prescribed it to me today mm-hmm. and you just like put a little bit up there and it's meant to relax everything a bit more because I've got irritable bowel syndrome and I've got okay. the constipation side of it. Yeah. So like those two really don't mix well together. Yeah. Um, yeah. but everyone said that the first poo after birth is really bad. So that's what I was worried about, but it was actually fine. Mm. I'd been taking like um, what's it called? It was like this type of kiwi fruit drink. Oh, kiwi crush. Yeah, kiwi yeah. crush. Yeah, I was taking. I was drinking that. Um, and a lot of dates, eating yeah. dates, and like and like little bliss balls. <laughs> and I got myself one of those poo stools. <laughs> like, yes, the good stool. I've got one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was, I was already, I was already for this awful poo that everyone was talking about. <laughs> yeah. at fine. It was only probably two weeks postpartum. I'd got this fissure, and yeah. um, I just dreaded like any time mm. I felt like I need to go to the toilet. I was sitting there crying, like in so much pain. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping that this cream um helps everything. And yeah. apart from that, yeah, fine. Like. I was back to walking around probably a week and like 10 days later. Yeah. Like going for walks with her and 
just a bit, you know, you're just like a bit slower, I guess. A bit more slow walking around. Yeah. Everything feels weird. Yeah. But, but no, I have, I've healed pretty well. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And I guess, um, like, I have lots of different um, people who listen to this podcast on different stages and different journeys, but um, I know there'd be quite a few people who are really keen for you to chat a bit about being a single mom or being separated from Vienna's dad. Um, how have you found, I guess, the experience of being a single mom and also, like, the co-parenting side of things. I know that Vienna's only um, eight weeks old, but um, yeah. yeah, what does that look like for you and how are you sort of navigating that at the moment? Yeah, um, it's been an interesting journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think first of all, going through through a pregnancy single is um, not something that I think anyone ever dreams of doing. Mm. It's definitely not how I saw my life panning out. Um, you know, when I pictured like falling pregnant one day, I, I had pictured being, I, I'd pictured myself in like a, a really good long-term relationship with um, someone who, yeah, who I had a, a really stable relationship with. And, you know, maybe we had our own house or like whatever, and that we'd planned to have a baby and none of that happened. Um, so, yeah, I think, just even finding out Vita's gender, like on my own, mm. like just with, with my friend and not having him there. Um, it was tricky, but yeah. he never at any point didn't want to be a dad. So that's one thing I was really lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to have is that he always wanted to be a part of her life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I was so excited before because I was so excited for, because, um, I don't have a relationship with my dad. So that was always a bit of a concern, you know, bringing a daughter into the world, like, Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) But he's, he's an awesome dad. And, um, right now it just feels like we're back to being, we're like great friends. We're getting along really well. Nice. Um, and yeah, I think it, it really, everything changes when you have a baby. Totally. Yeah. Cause the things you used to, argue about or fight about or whatever like they don't matter anymore you know yeah Yeah. um one rule that I sort of put into place quite early on when when Vienna was born was that if we do like argue or whatever like when we can't do it in front of her like I don't yeah want any of that negativity or frustration around her at all yeah um and that's one thing that we've kept to this day which is really cool um nice but yeah, the awesome awesome thing is that he was supposed to move back to. He was only meant to be here for two weeks in Dunedin. Yeah, and then he was meant to move back to Napier, and we were gonna co-parent long distance. Yeah, um, which we hadn't put any plans into place because we we really didn't talk throughout the pregnancy at all. We were like so just both so angry at each other. We we mm. couldn't even communicate um, over the phone. Yeah. So we had no idea what, you know, her first year or her first five years were going to look like. Yeah. And I think we were both just really scared. But um, basically he, on I think on day two of Vienna's life, he sat me down and said, Bex, like, I can't go back. Like, I just, I yeah. can't leave her. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> That's so <laughs> cool. Just for, for her sake. like. Yeah, for sure. 
for her to look back on, knowing that yeah. her dad, yeah, stuck around, was really cool. So he yeah. um, called up his boss and quit his job <laughs> over the phone and, and found the job here. Oh, um, wow. And so, yeah, he's he stayed. Yeah. And I don't know what, like, what advice I'd give to single mums, to be yeah. honest, because in a way it, it feels like I'm a single mum, but I'm not because he's yeah, here sure. all the time. Yeah. So even though we're not in a romantic relationship, it doesn't feel like I'm doing it on my own. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes total sense and it's really nice. Um really nice to hear as well. Yeah. 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 And I never thought it was gonna end up like this. So yeah. it's really nice for me to say it out loud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, is there anything else that we haven't sort of covered, Becky, that you want to include in your story? Don't ever try to move countries <laughs> six months pregnant in a car yeah. that's yeah. I'll say like I drove from Auckland down to Dunedin with my cat in the back seat oh my gosh yeah and as much of my life that I can pack into it into a Prius yeah um but it's really uncomfortable oh my gosh go so uncomfortable <laughs> stop and pee all the time and like yeah 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 um but yeah it's pretty funny to look back on I can't <laughs> wait to tell Vienna my um all my stories about yeah. the journey down <laughs> from the North Island to the South Island. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a crazy time. Hey. Yeah. It really Especially has. like birthing around COVID. Like you went through that as well. Yeah. 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 No, just such a weird, weird time in the world, but we'll be able to tell them about it when they're older. Right. <laughs> yes, we will. But no, yeah. I think pretty much shared everything with you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Becky, for coming on the podcast and, and yeah, sharing your stories with us. I've really loved talking to you. So thank you. That's okay. I've loved talking to you as well. And I love listening <laughs> to all your podcasts. So it was really oh, cool to be you. a part of it. Awesome. <laughs> Another huge thank you to BioBlends for being this week's sponsor of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. A little bit more information about their products. Each unique blend has been based on a combination of Dr. Libby's biochemical and nutritional knowledge the best scientific and traditional evidence available and the clinical insights Dr. Libby has gained from supporting thousands of patients over the past two decades. The quality of a supplement can be determined by three factors, what's in it, what's not in it and how well it can be absorbed by the body. BioBlends work tirelessly to source exceptional quality ingredients, putting them through rigorous testing before they're even considered for formulation. Another reminder that we have an awesome giveaway with BioBlends this week on the Kiwi Birth Tales Instagram if you want to head over and check that out. And you can always go and check out BioBlends on their Instagram, which is just at BioBlends, or you can head to their website, which is just www.bioblends.com. Thank you, BioBlends, for sponsoring this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.